Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You join me for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm talking to Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor, as we look at uh, some of the things that are interesting in the world of investment from a UK perspective. We're going to start by talking about markets, which not so long ago were looking pretty depressed, but they perked up a bit. Yeah, we're seeing a bit of a pickup this month for markets. And we saw a huge surge yesterday, particularly in the United States. The Dow gained more than 400 points and the Nasdaq closed higher by more than 4%. Now, uh, what I'm about to tell you on first glance might not necessarily make you think that markets would go up because what we saw was that the Fed raised rates quite aggressively last night by three quarters of 1%. And this was the fourth consecutive rate hike in the second of of that size. And if I'd been asked in advance, I would have assumed the market would have gone down. Exactly. Um, And, you know, we're now in the most aggressive monetary tightening cycle since 1981. So don't blame you. But what it's about is it's that the market uh, sort of digested Fed Chair Dave Powell's comments as suggesting that we could be about to see a slowing pace of tightening ahead. So while we have seen these two big rate hikes in June and July, that arguably was already priced into the market. Now we're signaling that we could be starting to see a little bit of a slowdown in terms of the pace of increase. Yes, of course, the Bank of England may feel it's going to have to catch up. So, I mean, UK markets will be waiting next week um, to see what the Bank of England um, do because we can't kind of help feeling perhaps perhaps they're a bit little behind the curve. Yeah, and actually, w- what we're seeing today with the FTSE is that it is underperforming across Europe. But this is actually driven uh, mainly by earnings. We've got a whole host of companies reporting quarterly results and trading updates um, in the last twenty four hours. We've seen companies like Smith and Nephew, BT, Aviva, and Barclays all trading considerably lower on the back of. Uh, their updates. But yes, we will be interested to see what happens with the FTSE and the pound next week when we get the Bank of England's rate decision. Mm. It is expected to raise rates again. Um, Let's just quickly pause for breath and then we'll look at some of these company results in some uh, bigger detail. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. I'm in conversation uh, with Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. We're looking at um, some of the company results we've had of um, late. So where do we begin, Victoria? Well, I thought it'd be interesting to take a look at uh, the commodity or the energy sector, firstly, because we've had notable earnings from both Shell and Centrica today. And Shell shares are trading higher. It posted record quarterly adjusted profit beating analyst expectations and it boosted its share buyback program by another 
$6 billion. Obviously, higher oil and gas prices propelled by the war in Ukraine have helped to boost profits. And we've seen this huge recovery in energy prices from the depths of COVID that have allowed Shell to reduce its debt levels and begin to focus on shareholder returns. Mm. And then when we look at Centrica, interestingly, the stock was higher this morning, but it's actually turned a bit lower. Um, It recorded pretty strong numbers as well. Adjusted operating profit in the first half of £1.34 billion. That's a sharp rise from just over a quarter of a billion uh, in the same period last year. So a real big increase there, and it's reinstated its dividend. Um, Clearly, we've seen a huge surge in gas prices, and that seems to be continuing given the tensions that we're seeing with Russia and the so-called gas war, Putin weaponizing um, gas by turning on and off this key Nord Stream 1 pipeline to Germany. Okay, so those are the two companies in the sort of commodities um, sector. And you want to talk about banks as well, don't you? You mentioned um, Barclays earlier. Yeah, so we've had uh, two interesting UK corporates in the financial sector reporting uh, today, Barclays being the big one, and then Metro Bank being the challenger bank. Now, we've seen both stocks trading lower, and that's pretty interesting given the fact that we are in a rising rate environment, and that tends to be favourable towards the uh, banking sector. But for Barclays, it's pretty strong performance, particularly in its trading division. It's managed to um, capitalise on the sort of volatile financial markets. That's actually been overshadowed by a trading error um, in the US that means that it's had to put aside £1.9 billion. Pounds. So it's taken a big hit there to cover litigation and conduct mm. charges um, that's really overshadowed the performance of its investment bank. And then for Metro, which is the challenger bank, it reported a first half loss of nearly £50 million, pounds, but it did narrow from the previous year of £110 million. Pounds. So the trajectory does look encouraging, but it's still difficult given the macroeconomic environment, the uncertainty around a possible recession, rising inflation, of course, and then geopolitical tensions from the war in Ukraine. Now, with uh, rising inflation, of course, there was interesting companies um that provide sort of staples, you wonder how much they can increase their prices. So we've got results from uh, the drinks giant um, Diageo. How are they coping in this um, slightly challenging environment? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because we've heard from Unilever, Reckitt Benckiser, two of the key uh, consumer staple companies, and they've been managing to increase their prices to offset some of that cost pressure. But for Diageo, it had pretty good results as well. It was full year numbers with sales up by more than 20% and operating profit also up by nearly uh, 20% and it's sticking to its guidance. I think what's interesting here is that uh, we're seeing this shift towards no or low alcohol brands as a major theme. You know, it's firstly trying to encourage consumers to drink higher quality instead of greater quantities. So it's really focusing on its premium alcohol brands. But then another part of its sort of long-term responsible strategy is to look at brands like Gordon's 0% or Tanqueray uh, 0%. And that wants, uh, the the company wants those brands to be a big part of its future. Yes, I don't know those particular ones. I've tried the the no alcohol (laughs) stuff before. It always seems to be more expensive than the stuff with the alcohol. (laughs) Have you tried 0% beers or... 
yes, I've tried one or two. Uh, since you're asking, the Peroni one tastes to me pretty much like the actual Peroni. And I've also tried um, some zero alcohol um, wine. But if you're paying more, I just don't know what the the point is i shall yeah. try some of the gins maybe and see if i can help diageo's results for the next um, reporting period um we're gonna have a look at, briefly at um, itv as well because uh, apparently the it share price has been getting a bit of a boost today it has and it's a nice change from what we saw back in march because it was a terrible day for the stock when it announced the um planned release of its new streaming platform itvx which sent the stock down by more than 25% on the day. So there's been a bit of nervousness towards ITV since then. But these results were encouraging and the stock is trading higher. We've seen it hit its growth target for total advertising revenue up 5%. Digital ads actually grew by 20% thanks to record levels of streaming. And it's improved its guidance as well. Um, It's ITV Studios and its media and entertainment division also performed better than expected. Um, It's interesting because there's been a lot of discussion about the potential impact of an economic slowdown on ad budgets and ad spend. And that's- We saw that with with Facebook um, uh, company Meta, didn't we? Yeah. Exactly. We've seen that with Meta. We've seen that with a number of companies across different uh, industries. And uh, so it's it's good to see that ITV has managed to hold on to those ad sales figures uh, for now, despite the challenging macro backdrop. Mm. Um, but it looks as though ITV could be set for a boost at the end of the year uh, with the World Cup. Thank you very much indeed. I've been in conversation with Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. We've been looking at the financial outlook for personal investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.